So hello, hello everybody. Uh, this is Michael here from Knowledge Source. And we are at that time, which is the I Love Real Estate Success Show. Now, what is the I Love Real Estate Success Show? This is where we reach into the community and ask one of the members of the I Love Real Estate community to come on and share their journey. And today we have an awesome one. It's actually an amazing and beautiful story. It's someone who has been in the community for over a decade. They have done some phenomenal things, but they started quite small. And I think it's going to be super inspirational. It's going to be super insightful. And I think you're just going to absolutely love it. So we should get it well underway right now and introduce Juliet. Juliet, how you doing? I'm so well. There is nowhere I'd rather spend my Friday afternoon than hanging out with you, Michael. Oh, you're so sweet. You're so sweet. And I've got to say, you have done some phenomenal things. Um, and uh, I really, I'm hanging out to just to, to get into your journey because uh, you were actually on stage back in 2015, sharing your story then. But, but you have gone from strength to strength. You really have. You really have. Uh, but what we should do is Let's go back to the beginning, if you can, and let's uh, let's give a little bit of an insight to everyone who probably has no idea. You know, they may or may not have seen your story, but let's let's go back to the beginning. And, and Juliet, do you want to give us a bit of an idea of, um, you know, what was it life like for you, you know, before you joined the community, before you joined Dimna? Um, everyone has a bit of a, a starting position, and I, I'd really love you to, to share yours. Absolutely. Uh, when we first met Dimna, I was young and newly married. I was working long hours in the city and I was traveling a lot and heavily pregnant with our first baby. And I looked at this situation and thought, that's not going to work for us. We've got a big mortgage on a teeny tiny townhouse and realized that if we didn't make a big change, I was going to lose these precious years that I had looked forward to being a mum, to just being at the grind of work, giving away my time um, and not getting those precious times back with my kids. So it was time for a big change. And we were fortunate that a friend introduced us to Dibna. And so here we were at the first free live event meeting her. Ah, so it was a friend. It wasn't that you pressed a button on the internet somewhere and, and somehow you got emails from John. That's a, that's a, that's a different, different way. Yeah, well, I had a friend who was, she was actually a financial planner and she said, I've talked to all the different presenters. I've checked them all out. My starting point would always be Dimpna. And so I might have been one of the rare people that showed up to a Dimpna event actually knowing how to pronounce her name because someone had met her in real life. Ah. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing to have that word of mouth and for someone to have checked out so many different speakers to be a bit of an expert in the field and to give us that here's my lead really meant we ended up in the right place from the outset, which was fantastic. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of probably part of the, you know, the decision-making process for you to join. Was that right? It was. Look, I think for us, we were at a real pivot point in our lives where we went, we're going down a path right now where we are going to end up 60 years enslaved to selling our time or we make a change now. And I guess while going into maternity leave can feel like a really big um, life change where you just want to burrow down the family side of things, we also thought it was a real opportunity for a big change in my career. I don't think we realised how big it was going to be. And had we not sat down in that room, um, and I think the live was two days long, we came out absolutely convinced. We knew exactly where we needed to be and really haven't looked back. So I've just got so much thankfulness for this community and the way that it's carried us through the last decade to really change our lives. Mm. And it was probably because, you know, you, you were, a, you know, a young mum with, with, with your first child where it's just like that's probably a huge motivation to get things sorted out for you too, wasn't it? Well, indeed. I, I mean, our first peg in the sand, Dimna often talks about, um, for us, that was replace my income within that year of maternity leave to prove to me and to my husband that we could make this work. And we did it. So I'm looking forward to sharing back to the beginning type stories with you as well as we've come since. Yeah, yeah, and there's a there's a there's a bit there's a bit to get through. There's a bit to get through. So so stay tuned, everyone. Stay tuned. There's a lot. There's a lot in this one. Um, so how did things kind of change for you once you got into the training? Because you when when did you join? It was it was over, like it was over ten years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. So 2011 we began. So that's when we um, first started listening to the online recordings after coming to that free event. And I believe I was there with my newborn for our first boot camp. And I have photo evidence of Dimna holding my, I think she was two or three months old. 
And, you know, my poor little Bubba was just constantly in the car with Dimpna's voice. Pretty sure she's got a bit of a Queensland twang if you listen closely, because her formative years, that's where my headspace was. It was every waking moment that I had. I had a lot of waking moments with a new baby. I was using to learn and I was just immersed in it. Um, so we really put that maternity leave to the test. Um, and that first goal was this is my chance to prove that we can stay home with the baby. Um, at that time, it was one baby. It became many, many more um, and still move forward financially. So we wanted to have a home for our kids to enjoy that we weren't paying off and then passing the mortgage on to them when we retire. Um, we wanted to be parents who were really present with them and we wanted financial security. And at the time, those things felt probably ambitious and maybe impossible, but it's just that one more step every day. And Dimna just encouraging us to take do one more thing today, one more thing, even when it mm. feels impossible. I've got to say, Julia, one of the things that I find um, when I've done some interviewing as well with with students who've done really well, they use the word immerse when it comes to the training. And you just mentioned that as well. Again, there's something about that when they first join, like you've just joined and you said you immerse yourself into the training. And I, I think that's a really important point. So you just basically used every opportunity to be able to download interpret, understand, educate yourself as much as possible. Is that the case? Timeline and goals for yourself. So for me, I'm like, I've got one year of maternity leave. I need to make it count. I don't care how sleep deprived I am. I don't care how much I'm doing at the same time. I'm going to make this year matter. And I think that giving yourself a bit of a timeline around getting through the education will really motivate you like that. It's really worthwhile having that and live it and breathe it. Have the conversations, connect with it. I'm not a huge fan of social media, but it's the one exception I'll make for myself is to get stuck into this community and connect with others. It makes such a big difference, that immersion experience mm-hmm. and really finding a passion for what we do. If you're going to spend your life doing it, you might as well love it, right? Mm, and we can sense that passion right now, Julia. <laughs> we can sense that right now. Hey, um, so which part of the program like um, was impacted you? Because, you know, Dimna's got a lot of training. And she's got a lot of areas. She's got a lot of information, a lot of content. Which, which, which was it for you when you first, um, you know, got into the training? Look, I think for me, um, I was working in a high-level role prior to this that was very demanding, but it could be quite negative. It was like a win-lose. I could win by negotiating, but someone else had to lose to make that win happen. What I love about what Dimpna taught me, and I think what really captured my heart in property, as well as her incredible passion for property, which is so infectious, is the fact that she said, if I do my job well, if I choose my site well, the money's made in finding the right site, if I design the right property, then there's plenty of cake to go around. It can be a win, win, win. So for me, property is such a positive life. It's not a I win, you lose. It's I do a great job, I buy well, I design well, I meet the market, everyone wins and we can all have a massive slice of cake. And I've got to say, I'm a big fan of cake. So, I mean, yes, it's eating cake, but of course here we mean if I do my job well, there is plenty of profit to pay everyone well and everyone wins. So my amazing consultants are richly rewarded for their time. My builders are paid fairly and on time. I pay my agents well, and I'm giving my buyers a home that they absolutely love at the end. So to immerse myself in a full-time role now that is so positive, um, and it's creative, it's design, it's um, it's giving families their dream. Like it, it's actually a buzz for me to be able to immerse myself in that positivity all day long. So I think that that lesson from Dimna about plenty of cake to go around has really shaped what I've done since. Um, But I remember meeting Dimna and when you ask about the impact, I just felt so starstruck. You know, she's just got such a presence. She's such a motivating, positive person. And um, I managed to meet her after her talk and I bumbled out something terribly embarrassing like, I promise I'm going to make a big difference with what I learned today and I won't let you down and I won't let me down. I don't, it was so embarrassing. I think I was a little bit postpartum, a bit excitable, but I would like to think that I've kept that promise and that um, the impact that she has had on me has changed my life and I really hope has impacted others' lives really positively too. And I'm not done yet. So, you know, there's plenty to come. Absolutely. And you're alluding to down the track as well, which we're going to get into. So um, for those listening in, you can see that um, Juliet really has taken on board that uh, promise to Dimna. And uh, yeah, you will see exactly how well she's delivered on that too. So um, 
Let's get into some of the things that you've done. So you've done you've done a fair number of deals, but I, I'd really like to find out um, that the first deal, the first deal that really kind of changed you or impacted you, I find that that's a really an interesting one. And I believe, you know, um, that it probably would have been a big a bit of a game changer for you, a bit of insight yeah. and so forth. Can can you can you share that 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 first deal that you did? Yeah, I would love to. And I think it's really important to go back to the roots because so often it's the first deal where we stumble and it's the first deal that's really scary and that we need to push past. And I got to say, our first deal was not simple and it certainly was a lot to be growing through. Um, so it's worth telling the story. We'd done a little bit of renovating. Um, at the very beginning, we actually were in this tiny townhouse with a big debt. We used the strata funds to um, improve the whole block, which gave us some equity to start the first deal. So had to be a bit creative to get started. But our first real um, real proper development deal sounds pretty simple. And we took the toolkit that Dibna taught us, like going to target this in. We were gazumped so many times trying to find this. It should have been so simple. But in the end, we had a cottage in the front yard, which had heaps of renovation potential, bit of a bit of a dodgy brother, and there was space in the backyard to build a duplex. So, like, it's hard to get this wrong, right? We've thought about the exit strategies, even though I'm nervous. Like, I know that we can manage the risk because we could just sell the front house. We could just sell the vacant land. We could build one in the back if we got knocked out, uh, knocked back at council on the duplex. It should have been an open shut deal. Um, but what we didn't know, of course, when we bought the next door neighbour was a leader of a political party. Did not appreciate a duplex being built in the backyard and managed to wrangle up a petition with 100 objections for council. So we really were up against it in what should have been really simple. Um, so while gazumped multiple times in the lead up to it, finally found the deal, thought was smooth sailing from here, the conversations with council had been really positive. It should have been so simple. And in fact, um, speaking of the multiple babies, I got a phone call from council while I was in labour with baby number two saying it's all on track for, um, we're just letting you know, we're intending to approve this. And that gave us that verbal confirmation. I get home from the hospital and find this devastating letter saying that our application has been declined. And you can imagine the mess going on in my head. I'm like, oh, no, what have I done? You know, we've thrown all this money at this thing and I put the family at risk. Anyway, had my little cry and then went, and now we problem solved. And so strapped the baby into the carrier, put the toddler in the pram, went and found a bulldog town planner and said, here's the problem. You're the expert. Let's fix this together. So we worked really, really hard on the appeal process. Um, we were able to make clear that the objections really were quite baseless, that it was really quite um, meeting what council expected for the area and council quite happily overturned that with a yes and everything turned out to be a great project, right? We um, By the end of that project, which we started while I was in maternity leave, we went from basically zero to having three kids three new houses and made a $300,000 profit. So it was not an easy project by any means. It was a happy ending, um, but it, there was a lot of learning along the way. And it would have been so easy to stumble at that point and say, this is too risky. We have a young family. What am I doing? I'm so sleep deprived. But it was just pushing through when you're hitting obstacle after obstacle and saying, I'm going to find a solution to this. And essentially that's what we are is property developers, we are solution finders. So we just keep pushing until we find a solution or find someone to help us solve it. Mm. At, at that time though, you, you probably didn't consider that. So it would have been a bit of a, like, what was it like for you to kind of push through that and come out the end? Because this was the first one that you've done isn't it? And you're yeah. doing it and like you're doing it as a, as a young mother with the second child. And it's like, that would have been like, you know, probably a whole lot, <laughs> pretty stressful as you, as you mentioned, but it would have shifted a whole lot of things at that point in time. Was that, was that a, like a, a pivot point for you or a shifting point? Can, can you explain a little bit about what it, what it was like for you? We almost couldn't have hit more no's in the process. Um, we, got to the point where, you know, a family member sat us down and said, guys, you've got two babies under two and you're taking this risk. Is this really what you want? Um, and it would be so easy to doubt ourselves. But I guess for me, I went, I gave myself this year to prove to myself that we could do this. 
And so I was determined not to be stopped. I'm a slightly determined person. You can ask me. Um, and so I guess what I really learned through this is I don't have to be an expert. I can be a milk-stained, sleep-deprived mum who's a bit of a hot mess in that moment because the baby's screaming and I'm on the phone with counsel. And that's okay as long as I'm seeking help from the experts. So for us, the game changer was going, spend the money on that expert town planner. He's actually a town planner. We are still in contact with a decade later and he still giggles about the screaming baby at that first meeting. Um, and so I think knowing that I don't have to be the expert, I don't have to know everything. I just need to know who to ask next was really reassuring. So for me, then I went, Having figured that out the hard way, I just need to know who to ask next. I was able to be more ambitious. And interestingly, it was that um, same person who said to us, guys, what are you doing? This is a big risk. Who saw our end product and went, that was great. I'd really be interested in joining you in the next project. And so we were able to then launch into bigger things. Um, having survived the gauntlet, we sort of felt embraced to do the next, the next step. And um, yeah, would you like to hear about that one? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And thanks, thanks for kind of elaborating on that, uh, that one as well, because I think that that um, it's the it's the one point that when you go down this path that Dimpna shares and Dimpna teaches and, 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 and she wants everyone to go down, it's that it's often that first deal where there's some kind of there's a shift of a viewpoint where you go, oh, and suddenly the light bulb comes on, just like you've described where it's like, Absolutely. I don't have to be, I don't have to be the expert. I don't. I thought I had to be the expert, and suddenly you you shift your view, and then suddenly you go, oh, now I know how this works, and yeah. then then you step it up and go, and that, and I just love that 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 shift that you've just described. Yeah, spot on, and and I think that's right. That's the change of gears where you go. This is a big hill. I'm going to switch gears, use everything I've been taught, and keep on grinding through it because the view from the top's worth it, right? If you give up halfway down the hill. You know, I, I look at the statistics of how many Aussies only end up with one investment property. Like eighty percent, push through it. Keep using the right strategies and tools, and you can build what you want to build. Um, but so many people get stuck there and can't get past it. So if you're in that position and you're listening today, don't um, don't get stuck halfway up the hill. Just keep finding a way. There is a solution. <laughs> yeah, Peach. You don't have to be the professional. You can call up, just like Juliet said. Hey, room, figure out who can be. <laughs> now, look, you've gone on to do like like quite a number of other deals, and I'm not too sure if we can get through all of them. But 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 let's let's give us a bit of an overview because um, what what was the next thing that you got on to? I'll I'll scoot through this one really quickly. Um, the next projects were actually shop top apartments. So we just just, just on that, what what is a shop top top apartment for those people who are probably wondering what is that? Yeah, absolutely. So it's where council looks at an area and they say, we want to see more people living in this zone. We don't want to have single homes here. It's close to rail or it's close to other shops. And we want to see this develop as a really buzzing cafe community kind of area. So they're saying, don't build me even townhouses. I actually want multi-levels and I want a shop activating that sort of street front so they can have a coffee on their way past as they're walking up to the station. And then I want to get more families living there. So apartment style is perfect for them. So we were able to spot this land that council had just rezoned. So I'm a bit of a lover, not a fighter. And especially with council, now I'm like, guys, let me give you what you want. Um, and we just find if you're walking in the same direction, you're going to get there faster, right? So we were watching that rezoning as Dimna taught us. We were really engaging with the council documents and we could see this rezone had just happened. So we've got a street which is mostly just suburban single homes and we see this tiny block of land come up, cheap as chips. The only people we're competing with are like first home buyers and renovators. No one could see the value of this land and see that hidden value that could be unlocked after this rezone. And so we met with council on this tiny piece of land and they backed us to build eight apartments above and a little shop below. And then we did the same again with four shops above a little, um, sh sorry, four apartments above a little shop below, which was really fun. Amazingly, when you're working with council, it was easier to get those DAs through than it was with just a duplex, but in the time that I was building those two apartment blocks, I had two more babies. So we're now up to four, Michael. I know it's insane. We've figured out how it's occurring. We've prevented going forward. But my <laughs> um, So I was ready for a change from apartments from that. And I guess going forward from there, I just really found my love in boutique townhouses. And that's really where I am right now, fully immersed in townhouses. Um, what I love about townhouses, so when I say townhouses, I mean usually one attached wall between them. 
And there often can be simple like a duplex with one attached wall or a group of them. I have found um, this infill housing, like you're keeping people close to the city. It means that you are attracting those downsizers who've been in a big house but want to stay local to that area in a really low maintenance sort of block. Um, families can be close to schools, close to transport. Workers are right there in the heart of the community. I'd love to be building places where workers can work, walk to work. Um, they've got that convenience. They've got coffee nearby. I just love townhouses. I love that it gives my families a backyard. I love that I always include a study so they've got a space to work from home. And I love that it meets the biggest market because it works well for families. It works well as that sort of low maintenance lifestyle for minimum fuss workers. It works well for downsizers and the great returns for investors as well. So it's kind of meeting that median of the market that Dimnora so often talks about. Um, so, sorry. I was just going to say, for those of you listening, um, Dimna talks about finding your own cookie cutter approach. And clearly what Juliet is saying is you've found your niche. You've found the thing that you absolutely love. And then, of course, you're going to take it to the point where you just become, you know, the top of your game in that niche as well. And then you can do it again and again and again. So Dimna calls this your cookie cutter approach. You do it once and then you can just go ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. And you can, you can do that multiple times. And clearly, Juliet, you absolutely love the niche that you have found and the, and the, and the one that has worked very, very well for you um, and, and ticks all boxes for you. And it's become so cookie cutter that the last three projects all seem to be nine townhouses. It seems to be my magic number. I'm not quite sure how it works out, but there's some, some hidden gems amongst it. So I'm going to describe a bit about each of these three just to paint the picture uh, and take people on that journey. Um, so the first lot of nine was Aspect. And it's such an amazing little project. It was really weird, Michael. We were looking for land. I spent half my life looking for land. It's such a big job and it's a constant hunt. And these two blocks of land cropped up next to each other. I thought it's unusual these are on the market at the same time. And they were just advertised as like a renovator's delight, first home buyers, um, so much potential. And I thought, why are these next door to each other and being listed like that? Looked it up. Would you believe it? there's already a DA in place for nine townhouses. I call the agent and I'm like, why are you not marketing it like this? Oh, why would you bother? No one can make that DA work. Well, you can imagine with my determination minds, I'm like, someone just set me a challenge. I'm going to show you how I'm going to make it work. So um, bring it on, you know. <laughs> I just hate to see design go to waste. And so someone had worked hard on that DA and just abandoned it. And I thought, no, if I can revive this thing, I'm going to bring it to life. So I got to work with my builder and my consultants and said, guys, let's find a way. So we had to sort out some retaining wall issues. We tweaked the designs. We did some redesign work. Um, we used really clever technology to sort out some engineering issues. And that really meant having the right team and asking more questions. Tell me what else is a solution. Find another way. Um, we had an amazing marketing team and we could make it a winner. So with the DA, we were able to build pretty much straight away. Uh, we achieved um, record prices for that suburb, which was awesome, and a pretty solid return, 30% profit, 1.43 million profit margin. Um, the best bit, though, like, yes, there's money in property, but you're creating someone's dream. And it's just this beautiful moment where I really love to connect with my owners because um, I've thought of them every day during the build. How can I make this a beautiful home for them? And uh, one of my families was moved in and we were rushing the deadline to get them in in time. They moved in just in time to bring home their new baby from the hospital. Mum walks in and she just burst into tears. I'm like, is this a good cry? And she said, this kitchen is exactly how I would have designed it. And I can tell that a mum designed it. At which point I tear up because you try and pour yourself into your work, right? And you can tell it was designed by a mum because it's exactly the same way I lay, I lay out my kitchen so that I can supervise my kids so that everything's at hand to make it simple and functional. Um, so it was actually really beautiful to make that connection and the meaning in what we do. We're creating beautiful spaces that people can enjoy. Like what's not to be passionate about? And that one was actually a finalist in the HIA uh, awards for townhouse of the year and um, over five villa developments for the year. So it was really rewarding and special. How beautiful is that, hey? Um, that, yeah, yeah, such a such a beautiful kind of experience to have to be able to to deliver that, and especially to a young mum who's just come home and 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 has that experience. Yeah, um, can you can you can you you mentioned a few things just before that, which was about um, you. You have mates in the market. Dimna talks about this. You have mates yeah. in the market, and you've clearly you've developed your own team. Yes. And earlier on, you were mentioning that you don't have to be the professional. But 
you've clearly created a very good team that you rely upon that can assist you. Can you describe a little bit about how you create your own mates in the market and create your own A-team as Dimba described it? Because you've clearly done that. And I know that that's, it's a question that often comes up. How do I create my A-team? Where do I go? How do I do that? Can you give us a bit of insight from, from your point of view on, on that whole yeah. area? Absolutely. And, and you're so right. That is so critical to the success of every project. I guess my advice would be, and I'm just recycling things that Dimba has taught me and her wisdom um, would really be uh, know your market. So where do I find an A-team when I'm starting from scratch? Well, I look at what they've done before. If I see a fantastic duplex and a duplex is my thing, who were the architects on that? Who were the town planners on that? Who um, did they use as their garden designers? If you drive past something that's fantastic, look up the DA and figure out who's who. Um, it's worth making those connections. It's, it's running your sites past someone. It's paying them for their time and honouring them to build that relationship. Um, so when I'm in site acquisition phase, I'm talking to my town planner. I'm talking to my architect. I'm building concept plans. And um, they're worth paying for. You know, your A-team are worth paying well and honouring them. Um, I always would like to think I'm their favourite client. I'm sure I have some competition. But giving them the feedback when they do an amazing job thanking them for going the extra mile and really building that relationship with your A-team makes a massive difference. In the same way with my builders, um, you know, happy to honour them for their time when they look over a site with me, so grateful for them helping fix something like this and such a pleasure to, we still run tenders and we're still competitive, but um, to really appreciate the value that they add. And in this case, for example, saying, hey guys, find a way to make me savings on this, re-engineer it, do what it takes, find leads, do this with me. And taking that real teamwork approach makes a big difference. That's some pretty awesome advice there. For those of you listening in for your A-team, fantastic advice. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, awesome. Uh, now, what's what's next? Because you didn't stop there. You just, you've just kept on going. That's just, that's just, that's just one, isn't it? That's just well, the one and the one experience of, you know, you not only that, but you've, you know, you've had that experience. And when you were talking about win, 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 what is yeah. it? One put $1.4 million in profit. profit. Happy investors. I thought, you know, we can do better than that because <laughs> it's time I'm going to get it from scratch. Right. Um, and I love the design side of it. So I guess that passion, seeing that result and the impact on that family drove me forward to go, let's do that again. So we only went three suburbs away. Um, Chapel Heights was the next special project of nine. And this one was a passion project from the start. We worked so hard finding land and this felt like sacred land from the minute we bought it. Um, it was built on the site of an old church. It's really elevated. It's up on a hill. And so we've got these beautiful district views, incredible breezes, and it just always felt really special. And it was a place that I really wanted to share. You know, I wanted to make it gorgeous and somewhere that people would really enjoy being. Uh, and it just flowed beautifully. We bought it with an expectation of eight townhouses in the concept plan. We knew we could make it work with seven, as I say, always building in those backup plans and exit strategies. And then I sat down with the team. I'm like, guys, let's let's squeeze the juice out of this thing. I reckon we can do more. And it wasn't squeezing in that we're cramming in on sardining people, but just smart design. And we fit a ninth townhouse on there. So that made a massive impact on the bottom line. And the hard work is really done in that site selection and in design. That's getting your best yield and really working hard to make it compliant with what council want for the area so that you can have that smooth passage through the DA. Um, for anyone building through COVID, oh man, there were some highs and lows there. This project was uh, a little more grey hair, supply shortages, market changes, construction pricing, but having an amazing builder on team and working hard with them to lock that pricing in early and actually paying for quite a lot of materials up front that was stockpiled at the warehouse meant that we could work around a lot of those price increases and supply shortages, which was excellent. So we hit less price fluctuation and you'll see that in how the, the end uh, numbers work out. Suddenly everyone came out of lockdown, desperate for property. Um, the market changed quite a lot and the kind of things that we're offering, like making sure there's a study, making sure there's a backyard, making it the kind of place that people would be happy to be locked down in, meant the end value on this one was incredible. We hit um, 10.6 million as the end valuation, which meant a profit uplift a bit over 5 million, which was just what? incredible. Over 10 and a half million. So just what was it prior to COVID? Like, you know, you would have done your feasibility, you would have done the numbers before. What, what, like... It was a bit of a magic combination because we got that extra townhouse or one to two additional townhouses, which already rockets your 
values when you can find space to build another quality home. Um, but also with the changes in the market and having locked in and prepaid so much um, prior to the construction price changes. So there was certainly an increase toward the end there, which I think probably gave us another 20%. But this one hit 100% profit, which means... 100%. I don't know if I'll ever do it again in my lifetime. 100%, 100% profit. So we target, as you know, we target 20%. Um, but this this was something pretty special. So that means the cost of the project versus the end value was double. The end value was double the actual cost of the project's total development cost. So that was pretty cool. And Far I love out. every project. I have some very happy investors. And this, and this is once again, this is during COVID when so many things were so uncertain. There's so many kind of concerns. And yet you you were well. you clearly were smart in the fact that you locked in everything early. And is that something that you would usually do on your developments? Is locking in uh I try and give my builder whatever they need to help us do the best. I see it as a teamwork approach, a partnership approach. Um, we were in a position with the funding model on this one that we could do additional payments up front. And look, we were at the point there where we knew changes were coming with COVID. We'd had those early indications. Um, and so we were being extra cautious and I guess it paid off. Um, and also just a brilliant builder who worked so closely with us and uh, on the agreement, which we we're so grateful for. So yeah, amazing. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Wow, wow. The current one, you asked what I'm doing right now. Oh my gosh, Michael, you would love it. But there's more. But wait, there is more. Far out. Lucky number nine. I'm hoping nine is the magic number for this site. I had been driving past this site in urban Newcastle for years. I had approached the government department that owned them saying, guys, let me buy this site. I waited till I gazetted that they were going to sell it. And I approached them again. They said, no, 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 due process. So finally, we went to the auction and secured this site after many, many, many months. I'm talking like 18 months of solid site hunting. This one was meant for us. And it has so many complications. It's such a, a beautiful, ugly duckling. Um, there's so many easements and restrictions that other people just couldn't see its potential. Whereas I look at it and I'm like, I love ugly ducklings. I love complications. The more challenge, the better, because the challenge is when all that problem solving comes alive for us, right? This is when our creativity kicks in. So if you've got a great team and you've got a vision for how something can work and you've got a mindset of determination to just unlock this site's potential. So myself, the town planner and my amazing architect just sat down. I said, guys, no one's leaving the room till we lock this in. Let's find a way to make this better and better and better. And they worked so hard with us. Um, we're nearly at DA Lodgement now. Um, it's almost completely compliant with what council asks of us and we are all going well uh, looking at that magic number nine so we are trying to create really incredible torrens homes for these families they've only got one attached wall they've got massive backyards so all those easements just mean hey more backyard space right which makes it a really beautiful home for these families and it's projecting a very happy 40 percent profit in the deal so happy with that it's not 100 but hey it's double what we'd normally be able to provide um, and along the way, we have done renovations, we've built and we've paid off our family home. And I guess for ourselves, we're now refocusing on cash flow. So um, holding properties that bring us good rental income. So we're also working on rooming houses in Brisbane. So looking back, you know, it's, it's been a long road. It's been a long decade. No one promised us that this would be easy. Um, and I know there's probably people listening right now who are like, this is hard. I get it. Most days it felt too hard. But just doing one more thing and just seeing it as a problem-solving exercise. There's nothing that can happen that you can't find a solution to or find an expert that can help you solve it. So chin up, keep on going. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, it, it, it's a really interesting point here, Julian, and I, I'd really love if you can explain a little bit because um, if someone's starting out and they're like, you know, they're running into things, often a problem can stop them or slow them down or take them off track or give them a different point of view. Now, you've clearly developed a very good strategy of being able to uh, confront a problem and be able to work out a way to a deal with it by leaning on your professionals and asking for advice in order to work your way around it. Um, but it, it appears like an I just want to find out how did that develop because I really want to understand and I want to know if you can share uh, the the method of going from oh, I'm not too sure how to do it to suddenly it doesn't matter what comes up I know how to solve it so there's a real there's a, there's a methodology with how you approach a problem yeah. can you explain a little bit about how you how you approach that I, I think that's a real insightful 
in, in, well, in how you do that? When we're problem solving, it's actually unlocking our creative edge, right? We're creating a solution that doesn't exist yet. So I think some of the methodology around that, uh, it depends how your brain works. But for me, I can't solve problems sitting down. I can only solve problems when I'm moving. So what I have found works over the years for me is getting on the out walking on the phone, talking it out, whether that needs to be with a consultant, whether that's for me, I often soundboard with my husband. He's not in, in my business, but he's obviously um, has done all the training with me and is an amazing sounding board. So we will go walking together and just keep walking until we've thought of every possibility. And I just put little notes in my phone and then I've got a series of tools there ready to consider. And I know who to ask next. Okay, well, it sounds like that's a question for the town planner. And then I formulated as questions to him. What if this? Why not this? You know, but you can't think of that stuff when you're sitting in a stuck position. You need to be moving and active and activate the creative part of your brain. Um, there's a picture that I often think of when I'm trying to dig for a solution. And it's this image, you might have seen it, where there's two miners and they're digging tunnels to get to gold, right? Gold being your solution. And one of the miners digs, 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 gets tired, throws in the axe and turns around. The other miner just keeps digging and you can see he's literally moments away from hitting the gold. And so you don't want to be the guy that was digging and then gave up right before he was about to hit the gold, hit the solution, hit the breakthrough point. Just keep digging, use your creativity, take a sounding board and ask the experts to find you a solution alongside you. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that, 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 that insight. That's a, that's a great way. And I also find that, um, yeah, getting into the movement and walking and talking is yeah. it, it, it really, you think differently when you do Definitely. that as well yeah totally rather than just sitting in one spot feeling a little bit because if you're in one spot you're kind of stuck in one spot yeah but when you're moving yeah yeah i have my thinking chair behind me michael i'm not sure if you can see that it's a comfy chair that's my thinking chair if i can't get out walking because i've got to get to the next meeting i will sit in that chair and that's where my creativity will flow so um, make a space for yourself to uh to do thinking and to be creative and all the answers that you need are there and ready to ask the next expert you just need to give yourself the headspace to find a solution love it love it and i love the fact that you said you're creating a solution that didn't exist prior mm, yeah, yeah fantastic oh juliet so many so many kind of fantastic insights and uh and oh, what, a, what an amazing journey hey what an amazing journey um, yeah and and it wasn't until you asked me to sit down and do the maths on where we've come from and where we are now that i was a bit blown away by the final numbers uh, there, yes. I don't worry. I was blown away too. <laughs> when you sent them through, I'm like, wow, wow. Like, you know, it's a, you know, it's been a bit of time, but man, you, you have done some phenomenal things, Julia. You really have. Um, so how is your life different now? It's, it, it's, um, you know, it's been, a, it's, you know, been pretty much a decade around about a decade or so. How, how is it different now? Oh, look, I guess for me, there's, the big picture stuff and then there's impact for us as a family and impact on my work life. So I'll talk about the three different areas, I guess. Big picture, um, we've renovated a bit along the way, but we've mostly built new. And when you got me to count them up, we've hit 60 residential commercial spaces that we have created, built or transformed through renovation. And so it's been busy. Like I'm not going to say my life is easy. It's busy. But I look back at that peg in the sand and I got to stay home for a decade with my kids and I didn't miss a minute. I was there for every single moment, which is such a blessing, right? I'm so grateful. Um, 60 is six a year, <laughs> isn't it? Over fair, a decade, it's six, it's, six, it's six a year and you're staying at home with your kids while there's, you're doing six deals a year. And it does, it feels impossible. And that's why I find these numbers a little bit like I needed to sit down when I saw them because that does feel impossible. And if you asked me any day in the last 10 years, I probably would have said, this is impossible today, but just do one more thing anyway. So um, when I did the numbers on the end value of the properties that we've um, created, uh, we hit nearly 50 million. I was very frustrated by the nearly 50 million. We're at 49.5. And now I'm like, I've got to buy a property this week to clock it over, Michael. Oh. Uh, but it's an awesome milestone. So I'm incredibly thankful for that. But when I think about our peg in the sand, what our goal was, it was about our family life. And so I guess when I think about the impact, that's what matters to me most. Um, having that time with my kids. The other thing we talked about was financially moving forward, even though I was at home. 
Um, and one of our biggest milestone achievements was that we were able to build the forever home for our four kids and get it back to debt free, which is the most incredible sense of achievement and security. And I remember Dimper saying, don't make it about your trophy home. You know, you've got to have good financial goals. And so I just wanted to acknowledge her in that and say, we didn't do the trophy home thing. We taught everything she, we took everything she taught us and went, we're going to make it a deal, not just a dream house, right? Um, so one of the cool things about that was that we, we pulled everything in the toolkit. We did the grid variance analysis when we chose the location. Um, we looked for off market and, oh, you would have loved it, Michael, the, the guy we bought from, the dear old man, he was starting to lose the marbles a little bit. And so I was having a cup of tea with him because he wanted to sell, but he didn't like agents. And the house that he was in, like more than knee deep in rubbish, the tea was like floaties at the top because the milk was unsafe to drink, but I drank it anyway because I'm a team player. <laughs> 300 cockatoos living in the backyard. When he moved out, he walked out, literally walked out and left everything as it was. So we spent day after day after day literally shoveling mess out of the house. There were crazy old Nazi documents in the backyard. It was a wild ride. But we used all the tools that Dimna taught us. And I know she loves a, a hoarder's haven. Um, we worked really hard on a well-priced build. And um, it's, it's actually one of our best financial outcomes was doing the family home and doing it so well with what Dimna was taught us. So well more than doubled the money on it. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful home and also a really important part of our portfolio. How cool. Oh, wow. Wow, hey. So PPR deal, 100% went through anything and everything in order to get there um and once again using using different strategies in order to do that what a what a, what a journey hey and now you've got just a, a beautiful home that you're living in which is which is debt free thankful for it every day to have something that no one can take away from us is just such a blessing right as a family um and then i guess from there our perspective went right what do we need next in our portfolio? We actually need cash flow. You know, I'm replacing my income now. I'm loving what I do. Um, but the long-term legacy is having that cash flow for life. And I know Dimpner's taught that really well. Um, so we're working really hard on that at the moment. We're building our portfolio to 14 rentals going well by the end of the year, um, which will be giving us rental income of more than 330000 a year, which is awesome. Um, and that's gross. So, you know, we've got a long way to go. We've got big goals in the next five years. But that's that financial freedom for life stuff, right? If you can have your PPR paid off and you've got the cash flow coming in, you know, you're on your way to a massive impact for your own kids, for your grandkids, and completely turning around the family's future in one generation. It's such an incredible gift. Awesome. Fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, Juliet, what what an amazing, what an amazing journey. Now, um, we, we oh, haven't like my working life. Sorry, Michael. Well, um, I, I was gonna, I was, but I was going to ask as well. Like, what, what does your partner think of this? Like, you know, as yeah. <laughs> well, actually, um, it's quite a beautiful thing because I was worried when I started maternity leave that I'm just being mum. Does that change who how we relate in our relationship? And he's just so incredibly proud, <laughs> which is just beautiful. So very much felt like a shared project between us at the beginning. And then soon after he went, you've got this, you know, you go for it. And he's my best sounding board and he knows the numbers on my deals. And he does, to his credit, do all the training with me so that he can be a wise sounding board for me. But he's completely running his business on the other side. And this has become my thing. Um, but it's just a beautiful dynamic for him to be so proud of what I do. And uh, I hear from his patients that he talks about me and he talks about my work, which is pretty sweet, right? So I guess um, I want to encourage the mums who are thinking, well, this isn't me. You know, I, I didn't do numbers before. I didn't have any property background. Um, it absolutely can be you. And it's such an identity shift becoming a mum. And to be able to do something from home that I'm investing in my kids, but I'm also being an adult and achieving something really meaningful and contributing so much to our family's financial future is really rewarding. It's brilliant. Mm -hmm. And you've certainly got a passion for creating something for other families as well. It's just um, like you mentioned before, and like it's something that Dimna does talk about is this, it's this win, win, win scenario. Yeah. What can you do to ensure that everyone involved is getting something back, you know, yeah. positively um, yeah. from, from each step of the journey. And uh, it looks like you've just nailed it. You know, you're, you're, you know, you might just say it's a cookie cutter approach, but no, 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 no. It's, it's way more than that. 
it uh, there's a whole lot more to that than love isn't it isn't that what it teaches us you know i love running my own business i love working from home i love that my business name verdell is a combination of my four kids names because they're our why aren't they you know i would love to see that my kids are inspired by what i do and i'm, I'm determined we're going to make developers of them at least one of them you know <laughs> um, i love that when we finish a project we go out and have a family dinner i see my kids as part of um family business i guess and we say what's our charity what's our um passion project that we're going to give part of this profit to so they can see when mum's on the phone there's real meaning and purpose in what she's doing we can give back from this um i love working with my consultants and my architect and my a team and making their lives better and honoring what they do i love working with my investors if they don't have time to make their money work hard for them i'm very happy to be the person that works that hard um, it's just a privilege to find a win-win-win and to surround yourself in that positivity of creating beautiful spaces. And I mean, the beautiful byproduct of it is having greater financial success than we dreamed could be possible, but making a difference while we're doing it, like doesn't get better, does it? It's great. It, it doesn't at all. And I've got to say the one thing that you've mentioned is the love word, because if you have a look at the Isle of Real Estate logo, it's the love heart with the house in there. It's just, you know, you're 100% you're aligned. 100% aligned. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, I'm so far out. Um, so you've pretty, pretty much gone through the, the whole kind of journey um, in regards to sharing. Um, if, if you were to kind of like catch up with one of the students, just say, you know, someone's listening in at the moment, a, a brand new student, they've just joined up and they're thinking, oh, wow, gee, that, that, that looks amazing. That looks amazing. Um, what, what kind of advice would you give to someone who's just starting out, just thinking, you know, I've just joined up. I met this lady, Dipna, and I, I'm a little bit overwhelmed with all of this training. <laughs> what, a, what advice would you give them? Look, I think the advice that Dimpna gave me was dream big and start small. You know, yes, we've got the big ambitions, but what are you going to do today? What's the one thing you're going to do today in the direction of your goals? So that she talks about that 1% more every day. Um, just do one thing, plan it out. And I guess associated with that, take the time to make a business plan. You start with a peg in the sand. That's where we began. Where do we want to get to? But you have to take the time to figure out what are the steps to take to get there. So really investing in that business plan, you know, think about what does my portfolio need next? I'm not just going to shoot wide. I'm going to know what I want. Do I need a cash cow? Do I need a chunk deal? Where am I going to do it? How am I going to find out about that target area? How am I going to learn what side of town is better than the other? Like it's doing your research, but it's breaking it down to just one more thing and doing that each day. Um, you don't want to launch down one path and find that you've run out of equity or you launch down the other path and you run out of serviceability because you've actually needed a, a cash cow next on a rooming like a rooming or something like that rather than a, a chunk deal which is just pulling in a chunk of money so it's it's doing the big dream then breaking it down to what's the one thing I'm going to do today and as I said you know most of the days in the last decade I've felt like that one thing might be too much but there has not been a day go by that I didn't get it done anyway and I'm, I'm loving on our mums when I say that because I know how tired you are. I had three kids under three when I was setting up this business. We're exhausted, but you're also phenomenal. You can do impossible things. And so I just really wanted to encourage them to choose that one thing and get it done. Uh, love it, love it. And that key point, what does your portfolio need next? Um, one of the things we were speaking about um, earlier was that uh, in 2007, when Dimpner was initially doing the training, 2007, you've got to remember, what's that, uh, 16 years ago? Yep. And if you go onto the members' website, you go under the archives, you will find the original buy, what they call bi-monthly webinars that Dimpner was doing. The training is there, her recording is there, and in her recording, Dipna says, you have to do what you, what does your portfolio need next? You have to ask that question when you're looking for your next deal. And that's, she's stuck to it. And this is exactly what you've mentioned. Key point. It's, it's been consistently there for the last 16 years. Uh, Dipna kind of, she's, you know, her training sticks to it again and again and again. And uh, so, so great advice, great advice, Julia. Mm, absolutely oh look she's full of gems they they roll around in my head and probably in my poor baby who listened to Dimna for years in her head as well <laughs> yeah well, was there anything else you wanted to mention because you specifically for anyone who is a student but also a mother as well is there anything else because that, that's that that's a really key point 
certainly for you and I know that a lot of other students as well? Well, I'm very fortunate because I do get to connect with a lot of women developers um, or aspiring women developers or mums that are saying, I need it to look different to this to, for my family. And I hope that my story isn't overwhelming or intimidating in any way. I hope that we can kind of be in the trenches together and say, this is really hard. No one told us it was going to be this hard, but we're specialists at hard, right? Um, you know, I'm now a, a mumpreneur, that kind of word, something I love, right? Because I am first and foremost a mum, but also an entrepreneur. Um, and when I connect with these women, I just want to say, you are the ultimate multitasker and the ultimate project manager. You're nailing it at parenting. As hot mess as all of us are, we're just doing our best. You're nailing these skills. You don't have to be an expert to become a property developer because you already know how to project manage the whole family and the laundry and the bills and the finance and everything else that goes on under your roof. Take those same skills and apply them confidently to what you're doing with your dreams in property development. Um, you know, I launched this business with three kids under three. I know it feels like chaos and I know you're exhausted, but if you can just do one more impossible thing each day, you will be absolutely amazed what you can make possible. You know, I look at where we were and where we've come through today and it feels impossible and we already did it. So don't let it feeling impossible be what puts you off. You will be just amazed what you can make possible just doing that one more thing each day. So take heart and uh, keep on keeping on and immerse yourself in the community in good training and in the positivity that you need to push through the hard bits because it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Fantastic. Beautiful advice. Hey, beautiful. Um, and Juliet, you're now, we didn't even mention this as well. Did you, you've, you've just done the ultimate program. Have you done any other did you go up to the quantum or platinum or? Um, I did um, ultimate and I connected with a lot of platinums and didn't end up joining up with platinum, but I've been really blessed by them sharing experiences along the way. And we have, I guess, as you build your toolkit, you do gather in different training for certain points and specializations. But for us, ultimate was really a fantastic starting point in the toolkit to go learn the broad spectrum and then you'll find your, your niche, your cookie cutter, if you like. So yeah, that's, that's where we began. Although seeing the pictures of Platinums over in Vietnam, I'm like, it's not too late, Michael. I need to go to Vietnam now that my babies are all at school. <laughs> it, it, well, I've got to say it's it's phenomenal that you've done that and you've done that with with obviously the program without joining Platinum within that as well. And of course, Platinum is there, you know that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and Vietnam was phenomenal. It really was, um, so uh, fantastic. Um, what what about others outside of the community? Um, you know, like you're obviously going to be meeting up with other people who are not students. What what do you what do you tell them? I have talked to a lot of people who are wanting a bit of a career shift, um, male and female, very different phases in their career cycle, I suppose. Um, I've looked and, and spoken with a lot of people who have been in another industry are wanting to do this on the side. Um, I just say immerse yourself in the training. That's my first and best advice. Don't, don't think, well, I've got this equity we can draw out of our house. I'm just going to give it a shot. Don't hand the responsibility for your financial future over to a stranger. Get educated yourself. You know, start by looking at the I Love Real Estate podcast. They're free. Watch the success stories like this and pick up what you can from them. Go along to a free training and I bet you'll hand over the credit card like I did and not look back. You know, I look at that initial investment and I haven't done the maths actually on what that initial investment to return would be but it would be in the thousands of percent, Michael. So I'm so thankful that our friend pointed us towards really good training um, and investing in that. And we've spent a lot of money on education because it returns the money, you know, very, very importantly. Um, if we hadn't had training from the outset, we hadn't had been part of Ultimate, I don't think we would have survived that first deal. We wouldn't have had the skills to find it and we wouldn't have had the skills to get through it in the way that we did. And like the other 80%, we would have been stuck at that one investment property that would have been mortgaged to the hilt still. So get trained and and, and trust your educators in Ultimate and, and in I Love Real Estate community. And I guess keep connected. You know, it can be a lonely game, property development. I love my office, as you can see around me, but, you know, it's just me and the walls some days. So keeping connected with this community will really reinvigorate your passion. Keep dipping your toe back into the training, even if it's stuff you've heard before. You'll always pick up something new. So I guess I'm really grateful for the opportunity to share today 
about the impact that this community has had on me. And if anyone's at that decision point on whether we sign up for the training, whether we put that time in, just do it. Don't look backwards, but take it seriously and throw everything at it. It's so worth it. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Um, now there's one last thing I want to ask of you, Juliet, and I'm going to scroll back because I've got, I've got some notes here too. And that is when you first came along and you first met Dimna, mm. you said, I promise I'm going to make a big difference with what I learned today. I won't let you down and I won't let me down. And you're hoping that you kept that promise. Well, I got to say, uh, I, I certainly feel that Dimna would say, absolutely, you've kept that promise. Um, what would you say to her now? Oh, look, I just feel so much thankfulness when I think about the younger me sitting in that room and imagining this could be possible, but kind of in your gut saying, but it just seems impossible. I just love that Dimna stood at the front of that room and said, not only is it possible, but here's how I did it. I'm gonna show you the detailed strategies. There's not many people in this world who are willing to give you their secrets and Dimna gives them away so generously. So take the time to listen. You know, I would love to be able to sit down in a room with her and just thank her that when I look at what we've been able to do, it was only by seeing that she'd done it first and particularly as a woman developer, it's so inspiring to see what's possible. So we're just so grateful. And, and I hope she would say, yeah, you didn't let me down. But more importantly, you didn't let you down because it was our peg in the sand that she helped us plant. And uh, we've had several pegs now. We have to keep moving it forward. So uh, the journey's far from over. It's really only just begun. And I'm looking forward to the next installment when I can update you on what happens next. Ah, uh, fantastic, fantastic. Um Juliet, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, you've done an amazing a kind of like, you've had an amazing journey. Um, you've done some phenomenal deals. Um, you've come out and, you know, you're shining at the moment. And it's, it's what we love about the Art of Real Estate community is that, you know, you within the training, within the education, you've taken it, you've run with it, you've applied it, you've got the results, and now you're giving back. I even think, and you mentioned something as well, you, you're actually giving back in other areas outside, aren't you? Is that, is that right? Yeah, we uh, after every project, we take a portion of the profit and uh, get a vote on where the money goes. Um, our most recent project, we talked with our kids about what do they love most about their lives, and they said our playgrounds. We love our playgrounds. We connected with an orphanage that I actually was able to do some volunteering with must be 18 years ago now. And I said, guys, tell me about how you're running your local school and how this works. And because um, I knew a bit of insight into how that worked and they needed a playground. So we, my kids and I just built them a playground in the center of Thailand. And uh, it's just really beautiful to do development here for families, but also kind of doing development there and having that impact and the way that shapes my kids' mindset about purpose of why we do these things. Yes, we do it for our own families and our own financial well-being, but that's just not enough. You know, there's so much cake to go around. Let's make sure we're being generous and giving back. And I, I think of conversations that I'm having with people that have good equity and they're saying, look, I'm already financially comfortable. Fantastic. I'm so thankful that you are. Now, what's your plan for the next five years so you can share that, multiply it, and then have so much cake that you can't help but give some away and share that wealth with others. So um, I love profitable projects, not because they're money spinners, but because it gives us more cake to share. So I'm looking forward to the next project and what we can do next and um, making that an ongoing pattern that we, we choose how we give back. And I hope that even moments like today, taking this time out, you and I hanging out this afternoon, that that's a way of giving back too, um, that someone's heard this today and thought it did feel impossible today. And I'm just going to do one more thing. So I hope that um, I can give back more and more to this community and connect with people who might be at that stuck point and uh, inspire people who are imagining what's possible and saying, hey, it's possible. And I know because I'm living it, even if I have to pinch myself when I do those numbers, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can definitely tell you that you have already. Uh, there's been multiple comments here and I'll, I'll, I'll read out a few of them because there's been kind of a stack of them. Um, uh, what have we got? Go fast. 
Go Alone, Go Far Together. That's from Seamus. Uh, lots of love hearts from Rosemary. Oh, wow. I thought your background is the Zoom pick, but it's your office. That's from Maggie. Uh, even when it feels impossible, uh, do one more thing today. I love it. That's from Christy. What a gift from Christy. Um, and Maggie, uh, love sent, a lot of love sent. So there's, um, they're just, they're just some of the comments that are there. So, um, my day to think that someone's been listening and impacted by it. And yep, you can take off an interior design degree with me if you like. I always need him. <laughs> but I do love my office. I don't let my kids near the white part. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of love hearts coming through, through Facebook as well. Uh, Juliet, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, you've, you've got such a beautiful journey um, and it's, you're not only sharing, you know, the ripple in the pond effect, what Dimna does, but there's a, there's a real love with what you do and there's a real love with what you're sharing. And, and, and I just love that it's coming from you as a mother and it's so aligned with Dimna when she was starting as a, as a single mum at the time and obviously with, with young kids as well. Um, so, so just thank you. Thank you so much. It's exactly what exactly what the Isle of Lewis community is about, and and you've just you know you you know you're just achieving exactly what you want to achieve in the, in the way that I know that Dimna wants. So yeah, thank you. Such a pleasure, and I'm just so grateful for the chance to get to speak with you all, and look forward to sharing the journey as we keep on going. We've all got a long way to go together, but that comment is so right. Together we go further. So wonderful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Lots more love hearts and lots more loves coming through on, on Facebook. So we're going to end off there. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the I Love Real Estate, I Love Real Estate Success Show. And what a beautiful uh, journey we have just um, shared from Juliet. So thank you again, Juliet. We're going to end off there. Have a fantastic um, rest of the evening and afternoon. And um, we'll catch up with you very soon. Okay. Bye now. See ya.